Never call here again. Ever. Old Man Rafferty here for another installment of Get Off My Lawn, You Damn Kids. This episode, Digitally Distributed Video Games. I just spent $2 on a video game for my phone, which doesn't really exist. I mean, it's there, it's playable, it's fun, but it's not tangible. There's no cartridge or newfangled compact disc. No box, no instruction manual. I didn't drive to a store and pick it up off the shelf and bring it to a pimply teenager standing behind a counter who asked me if I wanted to pre-order any other games before taking my $50 and continuing to awkwardly go through puberty. Which isn't to suggest that there is a non-awkward way to go through puberty. No, instead I tapped on a couple icons, typed in the game's title on a faux on-screen keyboard, tapped the buy button, and in moments the game was downloaded wirelessly to my phone, ready to be played. What in the Sam hell? That's digital distribution in a nutshell. It's taken over as the dominant form of music distribution these past few years, and in a few years it will have taken over the majority share of the video game market as well. Back in my day, download wasn't a word, and wireless went without saying. The only game with a wire was Operation, and the closest thing to a touchscreen was an Etch-a-Sketch. And as far as video games were concerned, they sure as hell weren't $2. They were $50. And you couldn't go around buying them willy-nilly hoping you'd get a good one. You did your homework. It was a job. You read magazines, you talked to the other kids on the playground, and you figured out what was good and what was shit. You rented games from your local video store, or, in my case, your local gas station, and you did your research. And, when you finally decide what you want to buy, there was a process, and the process was respected. First, you called the store to see if they had the game in stock. I did this for Super Mario Bros. 3 for about two months in 1990. Every day when I got home from school, I called Toys R Us, I got the operator, I asked to be transferred to the video game department, and I asked the video game department if they had Super Mario Bros. 3. And every day, the clerk politely said, no, we don't have Super Mario Bros. 3. Occasionally, I would have the gumption to ask when they were expecting it to come out, and they would very politely say they didn't know. Then, one day, they simply said, yes, yes, we have Super Mario Bros. 3. No different than as if they had just said no. No, we don't have Super Mario Bros. 3. What? I said in my high-pitched, prepubescent voice. You do? Yes. Oh, thanks. Apparently, whoever was manning the phones that day did not realize the severity of the situation. Maybe they were new. Point is, after you made sure the store had your game in stock, you asked your parents if they could take you to go buy the game. Hopefully, they said yes. At the store, you ran ahead to the video game department and found the game you wanted. You then brought the ticket or empty box to the register, and before they even rung it up, you handed them the exact change for the game, because you worked out the tax beforehand, because you were a nerd. On the ride home, you opened the game and read the instruction manual cover to cover, even the FCC warnings. The epilepsy warnings didn't exist yet. As you were reading, you explained all the cool stuff you could do in the game to your parental unit. They did not care. When you got home, you played the game. You played the crap out of the game until your parents said it was bedtime. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, if the game had a save feature, you always followed the save feature voodoo instructions to the T. Hold up and B and controller 2 while changing the TV to channel 42. Unplug the microwave and slice your brother's palm with a steak knife, dripping precisely 13 drops of blood into the game console.
Months later, having beaten that game backwards and forwards, you repeated the process all over again with a new game. Soon, though, the process will be no more. Soon it'll just be go to an online store and browse their selection and buy a game. Sometimes there will be a trial you can download, sometimes not. Sometimes you can return the game, sometimes not. Sometimes there's screenshots or video. Other times it'll just be the game's title. Gerbil Physics. Baby Maker Extreme. Enjoy your massage. These are all actual games. Exclamation point there is not mine. Sure, you can still do your homework, but for $2, why bother? Just download it and play it. If it sucks, delete it and try again. It's our disposable culture, now in digital form. And it's hogwash, I tell you. All of this is supposedly progress, and I can see how it is in some ways. Disposing of digital goods is not nearly as bad as disposing of tangible ones, for example. But when you buy something online, what are you really buying? Sure, you're getting a game or a song or a movie, but you can't lend that to a friend. You can't sell it when you're sick of it. It's just ones and zeros. I realize there's no use fighting it. Digital distribution was inevitable, really. It's more efficient, and it allows for a wider variety of games and price points. I mean, Baby Maker Extreme isn't really worth $50. And no matter how accurate the gerbil physics physics are, it's still gerbil physics. I will enjoy my massage, though. Goddamn kids these days.